Okay, friends, I need to know the truth. Do you get distracted easily? Now, I get distracted so much more than I used to. Even as I sat down to introduce our guest for today's podcast, I thought, ooh, I wonder if I got any email. Ooh, I should check Instagram. Oh, what's happening over on Facebook? Within like seconds, all those things were going through my mind as soon as I sat down to work. If you are like that, and if you're getting distracted by so many things, I think you're going to enjoy today's podcast. Now, the name of the book that we're going to be talking about is Shiny Things, Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions. There's two authors that I'm going to be interviewing, and they're going to be introducing themselves in just a minute, but I love the idea of mothering on purpose. Not only are there social media distractions, there's the distractions of trying to keep up our house and making ourselves look good and um, making sure we're doing what the other moms are doing around us. And I think so many times we're missing out on what's really important in our families. I've um, been a mom for 30 years and I've learned over the years what things are important, what things are not important. Okay, matching socks not important. I finally given up that battle. Dinner around the table, seeing each other face to face, important. And so we're going to be talking about more things today um, about what's not important and what's important and what things we really need to focus on. The authors of Shiny Things are Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley. And I know you are going to love this chat with them today. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Okay, friends, I am so excited because we have two guests today here on Walk It Out. Um, We are moms with lots of kids and... um, I think we're going to be able to pull this off where our kids are all doing other things at the moment, but I'm excited to talk to Amanda Bacon and Anne Renee Gumley, and we are talking about shiny things. Um, so welcome, ladies. Thanks, Trisha. Hi. Thanks for having us, Trisha. It's an honor to be with you today. I am so excited. So why don't we just start with you guys um, introducing yourselves? Cool. Well, I'll start. I'm Amanda Bacon, and I live in um, Charlotte, North Carolina with my family. I married to Jeremy for the last 20 years and have eight children um, through birth and adoption. We have five I gave birth to and three we've brought home through adoption. And we recently moved to North Carolina three years ago um, from Alaska where I grew up. And um, so, yeah, I love to write and read. And I'm on staff at Proverbs 31 Ministries and loving my job there and love doing mom stuff with Anne Renee. And I'm Anne Renee Gumley, and I'm currently recording from my closet in Alaska here. I'm an import <laughs> to Alaska. Um, so yes, all the absorbency of clothing is great today. 
I have two kiddos um, that are actually this the first year. They're both in high school. So Lord have mercy. And they're both learning to drive. So all the prayers, please. And um, I am a working mama. So when my kiddos, which we're all working moms, right? Um, But when my kids are at school, I am at our business. And my husband and I have an event company here in Alaska. And let's see what other things. Um, I love to do music with our church ministry. I love, love, love doing ministry with Amanda and serving moms and we met through Mops, which I know you totally get that connection, Trisha, of yes. a love for mamas. So moms are our kind of people. Um, well, we love all women, but you know, moms are definitely our hearts beat for moms. So I have been in Alaska now, let's see, almost 15 years. That is awesome. Okay. First of all, Mops, we all love Mops. And it mm-hmm. stands for Mothers of Preschoolers, for those of you who may not um, be aware. And I went to a Mops group when I, when my older kids who are now at 30, 27 and 25 mm. were little, I mean, that tells you they've, they've gone back a while. Um, and then I still lead a teen mops group here in Little Rock. So it's for oh, teen that's so mom. cool. Yeah. I love that. Okay. But we have to talk about Alaska too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Alaska. Have you been uh, to Alaska? Yeah. So Ooh. I've been to Juneau and then um, Gustavus, which is an island. Mm-hmm. Um, by Glacier Bay. One of my books is set there. So it's Love Finds You in Glacier Mm. Bay, Alaska, which there's 300 people there um, year round. And then there's like, they get a ton of tourists and stuff. Okay. But I have to tell you my Alaska story. Okay. So, and you guys will tell you. So we, John and I, and we have uh, just our little adopted girl. This is before we adopted six others. Um, She's two. And we go into fly from Juneau to Gustavus. And we look for car rentals, and there's like Bob's car rentals. So <laughs> Sounds about right. And uh, Bob is there with his minivan, and so it basically we are borrowing Bob's minivan while we're on the island. And there's like gravel on the floor. The seats are filthy. Like his stuff is in the console, and so he's showing us how to get over to the lodge. And then we get there. And all of a sudden, my husband disappears for like 20 minutes. I'm there with our little girl. And he, I'm like, where did you go? And he goes, I had to take Bob home. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> that's a lot. We had to get home. I'm like, oh, this is, it totally made it into my novel. Because it's like, oh. this is so not like any place else. <laughs> no, it's very like homespun, homegrown, very uh, quirky. Um it's amazing. I moved there in the 80s, in 1986, when I was eight years old, and we moved up on the ferry, uh, the Alaska Marine Highway from Seattle, where I was born, and we took the ferry up to Alaska and then drove our motor home off the ferry through the Canadian Yukon and back into Alaska and settled there, and I lived there for 30 years, and there's just nowhere like it. It's just so unique and beautiful and a great place to grow up and raise kids. Um, But there's also like, Anne Renee can tell you, there's also like a rough aspect to it. Like there's all the snow and the ice and the cold and the, it can be harsh, darkness. It can be harsh and, um, but it's just, uh, you know, you've been there. It's just so beautiful and um, just majestic, I guess, is a good word for it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, Anne Renee, I know you didn't grow up there. So it's like you, I mean, are you, like, you're used to it now? And 
It has taken me, like I say, almost 15 years to fully fall in love with Alaska. I mean, I fell in love with an Alaskan boy and you can't take the Alaska out of them. So um, we tried our darndest to live in the Pacific Northwest. He worked in downtown Portland, Oregon for an accounting firm um, for a couple of years. And we started our family in Washington, uh, which is that area is where I grew up. And I honestly, I thought that's where I was going to live and die, Pacific Northwest girl. But God has other plans and he loves to surprise his kids. And um, we moved to Alaska and I, I honestly had to learn how to be content. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I kind of laugh at that in every state to be content the verse because for me, literally, it was the state that I was living in. And now, if anyone follows me on Instagram, one of the things I love to do is to see the fingerprints of God in the everyday. And in Alaska, that's not too hard. I mean, everywhere we're driving, there's majestic mountains, there's um, just breathtaking beauty everywhere you go that is proclaiming his glory and shouting at me, Anne Renee, stay focused on me. And I think that's what I needed, honestly, to keep my eyes fixed on him. And he knows the state of my wayward heart, right? So he knows that for me right now, this is the best place I could be. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. so good. I love that. I love that your friendship was birthed there, but then mm-hmm. you continued it on. And I think that's so important. Our best friends live in Montana. And it's just like this type of people where you just pick it up, pick up where you left off. And I think mm-hmm. that it's so important to have those types of friends. Well, yeah. and really between Amanda and I, we can represent, and you too, Trisha, I can't even do the math of how many kids we all have between the three of us, but just knowing that it doesn't matter the size of family, it doesn't matter all these unique things that make our everyday, we can still support one another as women and as mothers, and um, we're all pursuing the same thing, right? And we want to have a foundation built on Jesus and loving our serving our families well. So like the whole thing of comparison, that just needs to be kicked out right now. And Amanda and I, like we joke that we're mom opposites and we truly are. Our families look different. Our everyday looks different, but our friendship is strong because we can cheer each other on in the everyday, no matter what it looks like. Yeah, and I think that's so good. And I also think the topic of your book, um, which the subtitle again is Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions, and whether we're in Alaska or downtown New York, or I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas, I mean, Mm -hmm. wherever California, I mean, wherever we are, there are so many distractions. And I think I I feel like I'm doing this again with my second set, because my older kids are 30, 27, and 25. And then we have uh, 19 down to nine. My youngest one's birthday is today, nine years old. But they're like the first set, I I wasn't worried about how the living room looked when I snapped a photo because it wasn't going on Instagram or I don't know. I was with my kids. And so um, it feels like it's a whole different age. So why did the two of you Mm. think like this is definitely the message that we want to write about? Well, I think, you know, we we never write the two of us together don't write from a place of like arrival we whenever we're writing we write from a place of um just stuff we're, like ju- our own junk and stuff we're working on and distraction was something that we we were both royally and still are you know like royally struggling with and a book isn't uh like 
a prescription for a, a fix. It's to help us be mindful of what we're doing, how we're distracted, what are our priorities? Are we actually living with our priorities in the order we say? And that's why we wrote the book. Um, you know, like we, we ask the question, what and who should get the best of us? That's a question we ask ourselves every single day. And why is it so enticing to choose lesser things in the moment instead of lasting things? And so we've given ourselves through the writing of this and women everywhere tools to try to decipher what would what would classify as lesser in the moment and maybe what would classify as lasting and we're not saying that like lesser things like if i'm if i need to be cooking dinner and we have to leave in an hour it wouldn't be best for me to be watching a show on netflix on the couch it would be best for me to be actually making dinner feeding my family so netflix isn't a lesser thing all the time but in the moment what is lesser and what is lasting and uh, so we talk a lot about that, but we wrote it because we need it so much, plain and simple. Yeah, and I think that is so important that, um, you know, right now I'm I'm promoting my book that's coming out soon, The Grumble for a Year, and mm. it's not like our family has, like, never grumbles ever again. I mean, I think we've improved, but I think so many times it's like the stress, like, oh, no, I wrote about this now. We need to be perfect. Every children, Now I need to children. be the poster child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be perfect here. Um, so I would just love to hear kind of your heart between behind that lesser things versus lasting things and what you see, I guess, in general, we'll start with that in general, in society, things that maybe um, you've noticed that we aren't giving attention where we need to. Well, I think it'd be easy to point fingers immediately at technology or social media and say, it's because of those things, uh, the big evil, that's why we're distracted. But honestly, in looking back um, and taking a step back as we were researching the book, we started to recognize that the distractions are so much more than just that. Maybe that's the, the dopamine effect of choosing that right now pleasure or what feels good, like Amanda was saying, what's soothing or, or um, kind of band-aids, whatever's going on in our lives that we want to procrastinate or avoid in that way. But distraction is so much bigger than that. I mean, it's it's the things that we worry over. It's the things that get in our way, like comparison. When we start comparing ourselves with other women, um, pain can be something that gets in the way sometimes. And how we handle that, are, are we using it as God is polishing me through this pain? Or is it something that we snap at all of our people because we're in pain? And it's just Honestly, anything that gets in our way of what matters most and if our faith truly matters and our families truly matter and the callings God has put on our hearts, those things really matter. Why are we consistently allowing other things to get in the way? What is pulling at us? And our distractions, they say a lot about where our time and our energy is going. Like it can be a barometer of sorts, like an indicator of what is truly important in our lives. And our kids see that. They have a front row seat to see when mom is staring at her phone instead of staring at their faces as they're talking to us going, mom, mom, <laughs> pay attention. Like you can just go to a park and watch kids and the parents and the kids sliding down the slide screaming at the top of his lungs because he's trying to get his mom's attention. And the mom's over on the park bench with all of her attention focused on her phone or her laptop and the kid keeps screaming and she just never looks up. But we want to be women who look up and say, God, I, I see that today is a gift and I want to utilize it for your glory. 
And I want to love and serve these people that you've put in in front of me. I want to love them well. And what does that look like today? How do I choose the lasting today instead of the lesser? And no, we don't do it perfectly. Um, but it's more of what it says about our heart. Are we ruled by fear? Are we struggling with worry? Is our heart restless in our current season? Uh, maybe we don't like where we live and we're looking for a way to escape. You know, what things are we avoiding and what areas are we dragging our feet? Those are the things that keep us from fixing our eyes where they should be and pursuing those things that we should do. Yeah, and I and like I how you too- Oh, go ahead, Amanda. Okay. And uh, I was just thinking while Amine was talking, Trisha, you were kind of asking, what do we see in culture, you know, that's distracting and things like that. And you mentioned something uh, just a few minutes ago when you were talking about when you were raising your kind of first set of kids and how you weren't, you you weren't like worried about what your house looked like because you weren't posting anything because there was no place to post. And, um, you know, I think now it's almost like we always have our thumb on in this little portion of our brain sitting over here going, is this usable content for social media? Is this, because especially us as writers, right? Right. We're, we're digging for content, but I think society as a whole, um, you know, we can always kind of have our thumb on what would this look like to the outside world? How can I use this in some way to either portray my authenticity or my not real life or make it kind of look a little bit better than it really is? And I think it's part of our distracted brain is because we've always got our thumb on the world out there rather than just this moment here. And I'm super uh, guilty of that. And I have to just like really take the steering wheel in my head and heart and steer it back around to get myself in the moment. Um, Because I can be gathering content in my mind or, or writing an Instagram caption in my mind while I'm hanging with my kids. And I've even been in church before and I've written something down that would be great to share. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Amanda, reel it back, reel it in. And I think that's part of culturally um, kind of we've been trained to um, accumulate uh, stuff that we can put out that the world sees. And I think we're very distracted in that way as well. Yeah. And I think that's so good. And the thing about it is because everyone's doing it, we don't, we just kind of are just going <laughs> along with it. And um, I think Anne Renee mentioned the word choice, like we're making choices and we don't realize we're making choices like we because we're just doing it. We're, we're making choices to sit here and scroll through Instagram instead of making the choice to go sit on the floor and play with Legos. But we don't think of it as a choice because we're just kind of going along with what is easy. And I think the important thing and I love that's, you know, you talk about that a lot in the book is that we are, we have to think about like, what is the important stuff? And I love how Mm -hmm. you continually bring out scripture and talk about different, you know, people in the Bible and their struggles and their struggles are different, but the core of it is the same. So what are maybe some of the core issues that really are the, the core of what we're not paying attention to that gets us distracted? Hmm. Wow. I I think a lot of times we aren't, we aren't really paying attention to what's really going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I think like you said, we do numb it out with a lot of different things or it feels easier. Like for me, for instance, some of the time with, with, you know, some of my kids, um, there are issues that are so repetitive with some of the special needs and they're so repetitive and I have a hard time. Okay. I got to say this again. We just talked about it yesterday or 10 minutes ago and I need to explain it again or give grace again or give a consequence or whatever it might be. But I think a lot of times I can want to numb those out and just go do something else 
something where nobody needs me, uh, or maybe I can just feel fine about myself. And, um, you know, that could be anything, what we run to, whatever we run to, it's different for all of us. Maybe it's looking at cookbooks for somebody. That's not mine, but maybe it's that. Maybe it's scrolling through Pinterest or pinning some recipes I'll never make, you know, like something like that. Um, But I think we all have to really pay attention to what's going on inside of us and um, not just numb out all the time and actually take the time to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. And and like Anne Renee said, looking up, um, we're so often looking down at um, whatever we're doing, reading, looking at, uh, that we we just have a really hard time paying attention to the people and loving the people well. Like that's one of our main like jobs here on earth is to love our neighbor, love our people really well. And I think we just aren't paying attention to people. Like I think when we really got down to it, we say we are like people first. We love people. We want to uh, share the good news of Jesus and love our neighbor. But man, are our current activities actually doing that? Mm, That is so good. Um, one of the quotes I really like, it said, you guys said, um, well-lived moments stack upon well-lived moments and accumulate into a well-lived life. Um, and so when we think about like, am I living this moment well? What can I do to live this day well? And, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be like every day we have to like try to figure out how to craft our whole day around making memories or doing something really um, soul searching with our kids. But I think we can say, okay, you know, for me during my homeschool time, my, my phone's going to stay in my room. So I'm not going to be distracted by what other people are doing or even trying to find, oh, this would be a really good, perfect shot for Instagram right now. So my child's reading to me. It really is just making those decisions. Well, in that eternal perspective, like you're saying, Trisha, not that we're trying to over-spiritualize it here, but understanding that there is a cost and that our decisions, there's a cost and effect of what is happening here. And so um, that heart issue, maybe we're wanting to say yes to all these other things. And maybe it's not. Maybe your distraction isn't technology. Maybe it's people-pleasing. And you really need to back up and say, yes, this looks like a good thing, but maybe I need to say no to this good thing so I can say yes to this better thing. And one of the questions we talk about in the book is really asking ourselves, is right now the right time? And sometimes it's a really good thing, right? But the timing is just off. Like it's a right thing, but the wrong time. And sometimes it's wrong all around and and the Holy Spirit's trying to prompt us and keep us away from that. But learning to have these tools, these sifting tools of prayer and letting it all come back to him, asking God, is now the proper time for this? And really looking at, you know, why do I want to say yes? And what is the cost to my family? What is the cost to what God is putting before me? And is this for my glory, like Amanda was talking about? Um, Is it for his glory? And it really is this... um, just figuring out what our priorities are. And we have a limited amount of time. So how do we want to use today? Yeah, that is so good. When John and I, um, with our first set, <laughs> when, when we were running all kinds of activities and, you know, you get into the cycle like, oh, so-and-so signing up for this. And, you know, I always wanted to be a ballerina. So of course I'm going to sign up my daughter for dance. And I mean, <laughs> I was just so exhausted all the time. And my husband really is like, we need to like cut stuff from our lives and figure out what's important and talk to the kids and really match up what we see their gifts and talents instead of just doing everything because it's there. And then we also came up and I loved, we talked about like figuring out what our priorities are. And for us, we're, we wanted dinner together as a family. 
We wanted to read books together, um, at, you know, at bedtime. We wanted to serve in church together as a family. So that church service becomes part of our kids' lives, not just going to church and then like getting entertained and going home. We wanted them to be serving. And so, you know, they were probably you know, eight, six, and four when we came up with these things. And that has continued to carry us through. Now they're, you know, 30, those my oldest, um, but that continued to carry us through. And I'm so glad that we took the time. So when stuff came up, we're like, well, if we sign up for this, we would not have dinner together for the next three months because we'd be running to all these right. things. And so just having our priorities um, and, and thinking of them as adults, as thinking like this is their time that mm-hmm. they're this is our, our chance with them and they grow quickly, which is, you know, sometimes when you have a two-year-old that you haven't had slept sleep in a week, it's hard to, hard to remember that, but they are going to be gone. They're going to be off their lives. And what are, what are our priorities going to be? And um, I love how, you know, you're, you're encouraging people to stop and think about that. So when we go back to this, you talk about, um, you know, kind of where our hearts are going and what, what we're dealing with, but let's talk about the kids and stuff. What, are they experiencing as we are like the title of your book says, um, you know, shiny things, chasing all these shiny things in our lives. What's going on with them? Mm -hmm. I think our kids need to see us having healthy habits because they're going to emulate whatever we're doing. So if mom's on the phone while waiting for food at a restaurant, most likely the kids are going to be sucked into some device as well. And I love it when I see families out and they're actually talking together and not just everybody staring down at a screen. Again, we're not saying all screen time is wrong, um, but we're definitely not saying that you should be at the beck and call of whatever those devices and dinging of your phone. Um, But I do think for our kids, it is different than when we were growing up. Those kinds of pressures are different for them than it was for us because so easily what they say and what they do can be splashed onto a social media platform. So for our kids, we've taken a step back of saying, okay, if the prayer of our hearts at the beginning of the day is to let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, what does that look like today? And for them... um, a lot of times they're just doing what we're doing. So if we check out, like I say, and we're on a device, they're probably going to do that too. So for our family, it's been um, doing things like having a tech Sabbath. And maybe it's not always on Sunday or the weekend. Maybe it's on vacation or when we're camping. Um, But then for me to demonstrate too that I'm checking social media less often. I mean, it's a powerful tool, but using it wisely and for me, this last year, I took the Facebook uh, Facebook app totally off my phone. Um, so now I have to do it just from my laptop, which takes a whole lot more time, and I have to be purposeful in how I'm using it. But I also set timers for myself. And so I check social media less often, um, which actually Instagram has a way where you can check your daily average of your time. And my daughter was looking at it the other day, and she goes, Mom, your your time this week, it's like seven minutes a day. That's really good. And she was cheering me on of healthy habits for social media. <laughs> <laughs> but just, you know, dinner time, we don't have phones at the table. Our kids don't have data plans because they don't have their licenses yet. Um, but they do have a way to text us when they're at theater practice or uh, doing music stuff. And um, healthy habits, just put it in the other room when you're playing family games, you know, and the more we do it, the less we want to be on our phone and the more we want to be engaged with our people. And 
just whatever makes your heart come alive in that way, just do that more. And our kids are going to see it. And they're also going to see that they matter. Yeah, that is so good for us too. We also have, um, our kids don't have phones. They have um, Kindles. But on the parental controls, we could say like before 2 p.m., which we're homeschooling, so they shouldn't be on it before 2 o'clock anyway. But even mm-hmm. in the morning when they get up, they just don't have access. Like they they have no internet on their on their um, devices. And so I think those types of things are good. So then they have to like sit down. A couple of my kids were playing Legos yesterday after they got their schoolwork done. And it's like they have to do other things because the easy thing for them and for us is just to pick up the device and have the device entertain us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for our family, we, I mean – same. We have, you know, our oldest is 18, our youngest is seven. None of them have a phone plan. All of our uh, teenagers, um, the five oldest, the two sixth graders have a Kindle and the three older kids have iPods or phones that they have bought, um, but they don't have phone service. They just can text and play games and stuff. But we have those all the way restricted down, even for our senior in high school, you know, and it's it's not because we don't trust them. It's because there's a lot of garbage out there. And um, it's, it's one of those things where we're um, teaching them tools, like we're teaching them about the, you know, filtration system we have in our home, how to use that, how to utilize that when they are adults out on their own and how they can utilize that in their life to create some safe boundaries. And another thing we do, are, we have a lot, I mean, yeah, I mean, you do too, Trisha. I've got a lot of kids. We can't have everybody on devices all the time. We don't have that many devices to go around. Um, but one thing we do for our five youngest is they do um, computer time, like game time, just on Saturday. And they all have either from from 30 minutes to an hour each. Um, and if we're not home on Saturday, then they don't do it. And maybe they can catch up on Sunday. But we don't do game time every day of the week. We got outside to play. We got games to play. We got family dinner. We got homework. Um we, we have stuff going on and uh, we just take a different road. And honestly, the only, our kids have never complained. They're just like, Hey, can we have some more time? And if they're done with their chores, if they're being awesome that week, we're like, yeah, you know? And so they're, we're, we're trying to teach our kids that your life isn't lived inside a screen. And I'm convicted by that so often because so often I will find myself finding, trying to find my life inside a screen. And so it's really brought a lot of, um, help to me and conviction to me where I needed from the spirit to say, if I'm holding my kids to this and and hoping they're super happy with it and going right along with it just fine, then where am I, you know, or are they just going to turn 18, 19, 20 on their own and say, well, mom and dad do this. So that was fine in my childhood, but now I have, I can do whatever I want. Now I sit as long as I want. No, that's not what we want for our kids. So I think a question to ask ourselves is, you know, are, are we modeling and speaking to them about what adults do with their distractions? And I think that's an important conversation. Oh, I love that. And I think we don't even think about that because we're so busy being distracted <laughs> that we don't think mm-hmm. like these are things that we need to talk to our kids about. Um, we only yeah. have one TV that everyone watches and it's in the living uh-huh. room. So, you know, they can't be in the rooms. They can't be watching TV, but they'll people yep. will come over and they're like, you only have one TV. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, yep. we, we have to watch family stuff. And, you know, so, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, my kids, you know, they think there's the only ones that don't have TVs in the room or don't have. You can tell them our families nope. have the same. <laughs> and here too. <laughs> We're so old school. Our kids read from real paper books still. Yeah. Yeah. The library. We're big fans. We went today. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. One of my girls, um, 
so I, another thing I do is I have them, um, when they need a consequence, I'll have them like, well, what do you think your consequence should be? Because I think, you know, they need to learn about like mm-hmm. consequences and then they need to come up like, why do you think that's an appropriate consequence? And one of my girls last week said, you know, decided not to have her tablet. Um, even, you know, she mostly listens to music on it, but she was, because she didn't have that for a couple of days, um, she was reading books. She's like, mom, can you take me to the library again? I finished all those books. I'm like, yes, yes, I can. And, you know, and we were able to talk about, you know, just because you have it, um, you know, on the other days doesn't mean you need to be listening to music all the time or doing this, that look at, you love reading. Um, and it's just reminder to have those conversations with our kids. Okay, so um, as we're thinking about this, um, what tips and advice that, you know, if you, there's a mom saying, okay, I know I'm too distracted. I know that I'm focusing on the shiny things instead of the things that will last. What tips uh, maybe do you have to offer today? Well, I think it's um, part of it is how we view it, that we're not just getting rid of something but we're really replacing it with something. So when we look at those things that are pulling us away, we want to be in the Word. We want to make prayer a priority. We want to pursue our relationship with Jesus and be intentional with the time with our family. So looking at those things that will help make that possible. Um, Trisha, like you're saying, time reading with your kids, that became a priority. Snuggling with them. Maybe it's cooking with them or figuring out what makes them tick. Um, My kids love, love, love music and love theater. So going to plays together, going to hear live music together uh, speaks joy and, and love to their heart. And just those things that will point them back to the one who is perfect, who is Jesus, who loves them perfect, because our love and how we do it is going to be imperfect. It just will. We're going to mess up. And um, so looking at those things that will help us have healthy habits and then encouraging, like Amanda was talking about, encouraging our kids to have healthy habits. So maybe that means setting a timer for myself when I am doing work. In the summertime, um, I'm not working outside the home as much. I don't go into our workplace as much. So I tell my kids, and I'm big on communication, from this time to this time, I'm working on these purchase orders. And here are your options of what you can do. You guys can play some games. You can, you know, there's go outside. Here's what what the options are. And really monitoring and being faithful with that too. Like if I've said I'm only going to work for two hours and then we're going to go on a bike ride, you better make sure Mm -hmm. that's what you actually do, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But I also work better with a time limit. Shocker. I know. But that's how books get written. (laughs) When you only have these certain amount of times, and Amanda can speak to this, um, suddenly you're more on task when you have a, a set time that you're working on it. And just being faithful in those things. You know, the enemy of our souls would love to keep us distracted. He doesn't want to see godly families raised up. So he is going to do whatever it takes to keep us from being focused on what is important. And so um, sharing that with our kids, that they will become vigilant to see those things that are maybe pulling them away. What is it doing to their relationships or how they're able to focus? And um, really taking it to Jesus and saying, okay, here's my day. Here's my life. Out of active obedience, what does that mean in following you? God, make it clear today what I should say, what I should do, and um, starting there with him and letting him guide 
what we are allowing to be the things that uh, direct our day. Yeah, I love all those things. And I think it's so good just turning to God and asking him. And I think, you know, one thing, if we say, God, show me an area that I need help in, that I'm struggling with, that I'm, you know, and for me, it, um, you know, for it got into the habit when I'm doing my Bible study, just pull up my phone because it's so easy to like pull up the verses. Mm-hmm. And instead, God's like, you know, because then all of a sudden I'll see a notification pop up pretty soon. <laughs> yep. I'm not Sucked reading in. my Bible app. <laughs> I'm uh, over here looking at things. And so, you know, putting my phone, leaving it somewhere else, taking my Bible and my journal and sitting down. And it's just those things like, and that was kind of a stirring in my heart, like ask God, how can I, you know, focus on the things that matter, not get distracted and um, focus on the kids. I mean, it, it, when we have multiple kids, which all of us have multiple kids and um, knowing like, is there one of the children that I really need to give more attention to or time to? And he will always bring those things mm-hmm. to mind and place them on our heart if we seek him. Yeah, he's so mm-hmm. faithful, isn't he? Yeah. Now, Amanda, did you have any th- last tips that you wanted to add to? Yeah, I actually had two that were just kind of swirling around. Um, and I would say the first one is a super practical tool you can do. Um, I've done this in lots of different ways is I'm a pen and paper kind of girl. So I would stick a notebook or a post-it note on the counter wherever I'm hanging out. And when I am feeling that urge to grab my phone or grab my distraction, some of us, it's not that. Some of it's turning on the TV or Netflix or whatever it is um, or, you know, reading stuff that isn't like lifting us up. It's bringing us down. Um, I Write a little tally mark whenever you're feeling that pull. And then don't do the thing, but for an entire day or something, count how many times you're pulled and urged uh, to do that thing that distracts you so easily. And it's just, I don't have any super big words around that. I'm just saying it's really enlightening Mm -hmm. about ourselves. So that's one. It's just look and see how often you're pulled toward that thing that gets you off track so easily. Second, I want to say that after all we've talked about here It's never too late to go in the direction you were intending to go all along. Like it's never too late to turn around and set those distractions aside and be that woman, that mom, that person who, whatever you are, that sister, that daughter that you've meant to be all along. And uh, it makes me think about um, the Apostle Paul. And when we think of Paul, we think of him as this rock star, like apostle, missionary, uh, preacher of the gospel. He was so brave, so persistent, and so faithful to God. But we do not think, first of all, of him as a persecutor, a murderer, and just this guy who was dragging Christians out and killing them, men, women, and children. We don't think of him as that. And that's because our last memory of him None of us really knew him, but our last memory of him in scripture is of the amazing things he did. And I think that us as women and moms have that exact same opportunity. We have that opportunity to turn and to give our people different memories of us. Some of us are so um, buried in uh, guilt and shame over how we act and who we're being right now that we're like, oh, this could never turn around. I just want to say it can. We see it in the lives, all of us do. We see it in the lives of countless people all around us and countless examples in scripture uh, where people turn around and as you give them new memories of you moving forward, their 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 first thought of you isn't going to be the thing that you're ashamed of. It's going to be who you are now. And I just want to remind any woman listening to this that, you know, be you can there's still time to be who you've intended to be. Yeah, that is so good. And I think and I love that, you know, for those of us who have teens and um we're thinking, oh, I wish I would have spent more time doing mm-hmm. this or that. It's not too late. I'm thinking of 
um, board games, my older two boys, they in high school, they got into like Catan and those types of board games. And it could have been like, no, I'm too busy. I have these other things. I'm doing this. But I would sit down and play. And um, I love playing board games with them. Both of them live in town and they come over probably at least one day a week. Um, and you know, their kids are, my oldest one has kids, their kids are running around and mm. I'm sitting at the table playing board games with my adult sons. Like it's a thing that we do beautiful. all the time now. And it came from, you know, I could have been that mom, like, I don't have time for this. You know, I have all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but now it just has become part of our lives when we go on family vacations, we'll play board we'll play like three or four board games a day because it's just our our lives mm. and it's never too late yep. so don't feel like oh no because I didn't do that when they were kids it's over but you can start making those memories and spending that time and focusing on those relationships mm-hmm. well thank you so much both of you for being here um, I would just love for the listeners to just share maybe one of you could share more information about where they can find out more about you and um, the book Yeah. Well, our book, Shiny Things, Mothering on Purpose in a World of Distractions, is available wherever books are sold. But if you'd like more information on the book and maybe read some endorsements, you can go to shinythingsbook.com. And we write weekly blog posts for moms at themasterpiecemom.com. And you can sign up right there on the Join tab to get those emails once a week with our our blog posts. Um, We'd love for you to do that. And then also, our you know, we have two other places on the internet. We're on Facebook at The Masterpiece Mom, and we're there all day long, every day of the week, um, hanging out, having a mom community there. We'd love for you to join us. And then there's Instagram, probably <laughs> our favorite place online. And I am at Amanda underscore Bacon underscore, and she is at Anne, A-N-N-E underscore Renee Gumley. And we just love it over there. Awesome. Well, I know that a lot of my listeners are going to connect because I just have enjoyed this time and (laughs) I'm going to go over and start following you guys. So thank you so much just for being here and sharing your hearts today. Thanks, Tricia. That was such a fun talk. I love how we're three mamas from three different parts of the country and we still have the same struggles. We still have the things that we're trying to work with. We're still trying to raise our kids. Um, serve others, serve God, and yet do it without getting distracted by things that don't matter. Um, And I would tell my kids, like, you're not the only ones that don't have phones and TVs in your room and all the things. There's other moms out there. We know that this is worth fighting for, keeping our kids' eyes focused on what's mattered. And that, that starts when we keep our eyes focused on what matters. Now, when I'm thinking about this um, and fixing our eyes on Jesus, there's a scripture that comes to mind, and that's Hebrews 12, 2. We're going to read that in a second. But there's also a song that I remember I would sing in church growing up, and I could just picture my grandma and grandpa standing beside me and singing, I'm not going to sing for you, but the words are, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Look full to his wonderful face, and the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Uh, maybe your grandma sang that to you, or you grew that, sang that growing up, but I think that's so important to fix our eyes upon Jesus, look to his face, and as we do, the things on earth won't matter so much. And I think that is really the heart of this book, the heart of my friends, and my heart also. So today's walk it out verse, I'm actually going to read um, both Hebrews 
verse chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down upon the right hand of the throne of God. And I just love there's so many layers to that. But first of all, we have a great crowd of witnesses who are cheering us on to to reminding us not to get distracted by so many things Um, and then throwing off everything that hinders us. And it's okay to be on Facebook and be on Instagram and to want to make sure our, our front lobby of our house, our front foyer of our house looks great for the holiday. I mean, all those things are important. But if it becomes a hindrance and things that entangle us, we really need to take a step back and ask God to help us to have the right level of commitment outwardly through the social media um, in comparison to inwardly within our homes and our families. And I see this so much that people are on their phones and they're with everybody out there and not with the people right in front of them. So then fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who endured the cross and scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. And again, going back to that song, fix your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And that really is um, the important thing. Instead of focusing on shiny things that distract us, focus on the shining one who sits on the throne of God. So let me pray for us today. Dear God, first of all, I just thank you so much for Amanda and Anne Renee that you just put this message on their hearts that they want to help other women, moms like them, not to get distracted by things that don't matter. I pray that you will bless their ministry, bless their families as they balance doing both, as they serve you with gladness, Lord, and serve their kids with gladness. I just pray a blessing upon them. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that you will help us fix our eyes on you, Jesus, that you are on the throne. You are the shining one. You are the one we need to be looking up to and help me, Lord, not to get distracted by so many things, but instead to be just enraptured by all that you are who you are in all your glory, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for being here on Walk It Out today. I just pray that you will be encouraged and inspired. Tell a friend. Um, come and visit me on Instagram. I'm over there at Trisha Goyer on Facebook. I'm author Trisha Goyer. And just connect with me. I just love knowing that you're listening and that you um, just are enjoying what this podcast is about. I pray that you will have a blessed week, friend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.